all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and, and they you've got to get them off welfare. Hello and welcome to Cars and Comrades, the uh, leftist car podcast. Uh, today we're going to be doing a little pre-recorded uh, episode because I'm sure at some point we're all going to be too busy to record some week. So uh, if you're hearing this, uh, that's what that's what happened. Uh, anyway, today we're going to be kind of just having a little discussion uh, about various car trends that we all kind of hate, uh, sort of our pet peeves in the uh, in the car scene. So uh, you know, should be hopefully a little bit fun. Uh, and then after that, we're going to discuss um, something called the Gyrobus, uh, which I don't know much about, but uh, Brian seems to know a little bit more about it. So we'll all be learning together. Um, so I, I've read the Wikipedia page. That's, that's about it. That's so, our. Um, I. Sorry. I can tell you, it does not involve Greek sandwiches at all. That is a bummer. It's a sandwich truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if you want to start your own food truck that makes greek food and call it the gyro bus you could definitely do that but that's not what we're talking about today yeah it's a weird new bus thing for public transportation so you know hopefully it's a good thing uh but you know brian read the wikipedia page so uh you know learn from us i guess uh, anyway, yeah. also before um, anyone just complains, to- any, any listeners write in, uh, you're getting this for free. You know, it's, it's, you know, be happy with your slop, you hogs. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Sorry, cut you off there, Connor. No worries. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, do, do the thing, you know, we have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, follow us there. Uh, just go ahead and search for Cars and Comrades. We should come on up. And uh, we'd really appreciate it if you're liking the podcast, if you could go ahead and give us a rating in whatever your respective uh, podcast app is. We don't. We haven't really looked into it, but uh, every other podcast does say that it helps. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take their word for it and uh, ask you to go ahead and give us a rating. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. Only if it's five stars, though. Yeah, only five stars, please. Yes, please. I don't care if anybody even listens to us. I'm, I'm in, I'm in this for the love of conversation. No, if you say bad things about me, I'll cry <laughs> and I'll, I'll be mean to you on the internet. So, five stars and positive comments only. Yeah, don't make Zach cry. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm a very sensitive person. <laughs> well, uh, people can say um, bad stuff about me. I don't care. There's not anything good to say about. Oh, me. don't beat yourself up. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just quoting my mom. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, on uh, on that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about some. Yeah, let's get started on our two minutes. Yeah, of hate. two minutes of hate on our various uh, little car trends. So. Uh, you know, I brought it up, so I don't want to be the first one to go. But uh, how about uh, Bryant? What what are some things that you hate to see in the car scene? Uh, well, one thing that really bothers me is bro dozers, uh, dudes with 
lifted. Oh, it's always dudes with lifted, usually diesel pickups that uh, roll coal and have, you know, giant monster truck tires and, uh, you know, pass you on the right shoulder and cut, cut you off. And yes. Why are they all such aggressive drivers? Monster energy drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think um, in, in oil country, they sometimes call them rig rockets because, you know, the, the dudes that work on the oil rigs, you know, they don't have my, uh, they don't have anything to spend money on other than beer and their truck. So, you know, no, gotta, no, they have cocaine. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Excuse me. Or meth or, yeah, but we're whatever, not hating you know. on cocaine. Cocaine's yeah. good. You know, my back door's full <laughs> of it right now. So <laughs> <laughs> meth is just the working man's cocaine. So I'm with yeah, it. you know, a uh, little sidebar. I, I hear that in North Korea, like uh, meth is like really plentiful and and legal, and you can get it basically anywhere. Uh, That's same- true in America too. They just call it by like <laughs> prescription brand names. True, true. Yeah, just tell a doctor that you have trouble focusing. They'll give you some Vyvanse. That's basically the same shit. Okay. Well, uh, so so yeah, I don't know what it is about. Uh, I guess it's just toxic masculinity that that makes people want to lift their truck and be uh, bigger than everyone else. And and also never take it off road. That's another part of that. They never go <laughs> yes. off road. Well, you don't want to get you don't want to get it dirty. <laughs> I'm a big fan of calling them lot crawlers <laughs> because I mean, they're like yeah, lot yeah, yeah. crawlers, but for parking lots, it's great. I think that's uh, usually, I mean, I've always heard that applied to uh, like the Jeeps with the angry eyes and the, uh, you know, what do you call it? Fake beadlocks and uh, weird green lights all over it. But um, I guess I, I lump those into the same category a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just a uh, different, different scale of uh, the same thing. But I guess if there's another thing, I don't, I mean, this doesn't count as a modification, but just everything that boomers do at car shows, like with the crybaby dolls and the, the wingadinga music. And I don't know, it's, it's, I guess it's its own culture and I, and I shouldn't hate on it, but it's just so foreign to me that it, it just baffles me that, you know, you're going to go sit out on your lawn chair and. Uh, well, I'm down with lawn chairs. I I could get down with that, but uh, the rest of it, I'm I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I mean lawn chairs. That's not that's not a, a a bad thing necessarily. So like the crybaby dolls are these little, I guess fabric uh, dolls. They're like I don't know a Cabbage Patch doll kind of, and they look like a a child that's leaning up against a wall or the you know side of a car or something. Uh, sort of with its its hands over its eyes, like it's crying. And I think they're sometimes called timeout dolls. Like, uh, you know, you've put your kid in timeout and its face is against the, the corner or whatever. Um, but I don't know why they people put them on their cars at Boomer car shows. I don't think I've ever seen this. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I feel like I've been to some boomer car shows like in my day. <laughs> I don't think I've seen this before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's dying out as a as a thing. Um, 
I'm sure I'm going to notice I, I, it now all of a sudden. I want to say the there was some video. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say they mentioned it on one of those donut videos of like worst car trends mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but uh, I think they were saying it it's kind of a, a way for the the wives of car guys to get involved with sewing these little dolls and putting little outfits on them and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I should be hating on it that much, but it's just a, a silly little dumb thing. That I don't know why I immediately there. assumed that Crybaby Dolls had something to do with the Johnny Depp movie. Which Johnny Depp movie? Crybaby. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. Oh, it's it's like he's 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 like a greaser guy. So I thought maybe that had some parallel with cars. And nope, didn't go there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, if I mean, I know the regular car reviews. Whenever they go to a car show, um, in I think Western Pennsylvania where they live, they always, you know, show the the dumb parts of the car show, like, um, you know, the people that get the little toy car and put it on the hood of their full size car. Um, stuff yeah, like that's, that. That's, it's a little corny. It's still kind of cool. I, I still, I'm like, ah, you know, I could see, I could see myself doing it, but then again, also kind of not, I don't know. Yeah. You know, something parallel, but way more fun at like truck ins for vanners. Um, one of the very popular things are hard to find and they can be kind of pricey, but people will find the old fiberglass go-kart van bodies and put them on a go-kart and like bring them to van shows and just ride around in like fucking hopped up go-karts with van bodies on them. <laughs> I see. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a blast. There's a dude that has like this super like crazy paint job on his, on his van and he, bought one of those van bodies and put it on a go-kart and painted it to match his real van. So when you say a van body, like, is it like, I imagine it's like way shrunk down, right? Oh yeah. It's a go. It's for a go-kart it's a Van body for a go-kart. Like they were made for go-karts. Really? But like, I think they've been out of, pro- it was like a promotional thing. I don't know the full story on them, but they were like, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's made them in the last like two or three decades. They sound awesome though. Yeah, they are. Well, anyway. Yeah, that's all I have. I'm sure I'll, I'll, you know, have some hate to share for whatever you guys talk about. Well, let's uh, let's go with Zach then. Uh, no, I got I got plenty of things that I hate in the car scene, and uh, I just want to preface it by saying, uh, you know, build your car however you want. Don't let anyone else's opinion change that. But I hate like ninety percent of shit that people do to cars. <laughs> like I literally like I, I see it. And I'm just like that's fucking stupid. Why would you do that? Um, first of all, the biggest one is just excessively low cars that aren't on bags. If it's on bags and it can get put up into the air to be drivable, cool. Fuck yeah, looks cool when it's parked. It still can go over a pebble. But when people put like thousands of dollars in rims and body kit and arrow and then put it half an inch off the ground and it's on coilovers, I just I don't understand why you would do that. That's every cool drift car ever. 
That is just every cool drift car. <laughs> I feel like drift cars are at least functional, though. I'm talking like the cockeyed ass negative camber where they're on like half an inch of tread. I, I like it when you when you throw in the extra shit sandwich of like they they just somehow get tires that are three sizes too small onto the heavily cambered rims. Oh my god, the excessive stretch <laughs> on yep. the tires. Where the, the sidewall is basically flat. It it's it has no vertical sideness to the sidewall. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit rough. Oh god. Well, you can actually straight up see like the inner lip of the rim w- with the tire on and fully inflated. Yep. Yeah. Well that's it. That's something that I see a lot around where I am, and yeah, I fucking hate it. I can't, I can't get with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand. Like, I know it came out of drifting because you want to have that camber uh, for going into a turn or whatever. But like, you know, at some point, it just became a style thing. Like, you're not going to drift your Subaru that that has all wheel drive. You know, like. That's yeah. not going to. Yeah, a thing. lot of it. It's just it's mostly a style thing. But like you can go in theory a little bit lower with with the extra camber because you can tuck the wheel then. But, you know, inside like the wheel well, because like that can be a limiting factor. So if you tilt them in, you can theoretically go a little bit further. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's excessive and it's a style thing, which is partially why I don't hate on it too much. Um, I don't always like the way it looks, but like. It's not supposed to be super functional. It's supposed to be, which I feel better about it. And I'm sure someone's going to hate this, but, you know, I feel better when I see a car that like, you know, a Honda Civic that's probably not going anywhere fast anyway, then it's cool. (laughs) I I hate seeing it on a car that could be like really well performing, like, you know, a Subaru STI or something. Then you're like, well, now you're now you're I think I don't like it as much there, but. It can look good sometimes. It's funny that both you guys it's it's really funny to me that both you guys mentioned doing it on Subarus because I actually used to live by a guy who had a really nice uh you know, it was the fifteen plus, the newest gen Subaru SDI. I drove my WRX by him. We would do the little Subi wave every day. And one day I drive by and he's got it on like shiny chrome three pieces. It's ridiculously cambered and it slammed and he was outside and he looked at me, waved, and I said, Nope, you don't get the Subi wave anymore, bro. I'm sorry. I felt betrayed. I, don't, I didn't realize Zach was the elitist amongst us. You know what? It's in there. I don't I like I said, you know, it's your car. I'm not gonna talk shit, but while we're talking shit, I got some shit to talk. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I figured I was going to be the elitist since I'm like 400 horsepower or bust, but yeah, all right. Yeah, I um, when I was shopping for my Sabaru, I uh, looked at a different Sabaru that was pretty heavily modified and and on uh, coilovers and all that kind of stuff, and it was in it was in pretty good shape. It was pretty well done. Everything was, um, but like it had like basically straight through exhaust with no cats or mufflers and a lot of camber and i told the guy like i mean this is pretty nice but i would probably take most of this stuff back to stock you know at least the alignment and uh and some of the exhaust um so i'm not like 
shooting fireballs out the exhaust and wearing out the tires real quick. No, fireballs are cool, but though. maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not when you gotta pass emissions. You can pass without a catalytic converter, though. Don't allegedly. Don't ask me how I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of our cars are legal and uh, inspected and pass emissions and paid registration. For legal, the only car I have that's legal it's because it was an accident. <laughs> No, that's that's not a joke. My my cutlass has antique plates on it, and when you have antique plates, you get to like bypass a lot of inspections and shit. Because I don't get anything inspected for any reason. I stand oh, by that. Antique choice. plates are the way to go. I mean, you you can get away with murder with antique plates. Yeah, oh yeah, it's the best. They limit how many miles you can drive in a year, but it's easy to get around. You just disconnect your odometer. Beautiful. And like, frankly, who's checking that? Like, is someone actually inspecting like, ah, oh, we have the last number at 111,000 and you're only supposed to go 5K and it's at 117. So, ah, we checked. Like, is someone actually inspecting that? I don't know. In theory, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah. not, not either way. Clearly not well enough that it's a problem. <laughs> I straight up forgot to register my van last year, and then in February, I was like, oh, I think my registration for my van is due up. And when I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's just, it's been expired for 13 months. Hey, if it works, it works. Nice. Yeah, I saved 40 bucks. <laughs> hey, nothing is illegal if you don't get caught, so you're good. I, I feel like that's not true. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how the law works, really. I mean, how does the law know if you never get caught? It's sort of like a, what do you call it? Quantum superposition yep. sort of thing. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, did it actually even fall? Yes, exactly. Yep. If you break the law and no one's around to catch you, what are you guilty of? <laughs> Being cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I have a superpower, it's that the police can't see me. <laughs> because one day I tested it because I kept doing illegal shit, not realizing that there was a cop like behind me or in the other part of the intersection or something. So it resulted in me like visibly texting while driving and running red lights with a cop behind me and flipping the cop off, etc., etc. In a vehicle that is visibly not safe to be on the road. I think you just surpassed the point of, like, worth it to him. He's just like, that dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> Not worth my time. He's got nothing to lose. Leave him alone. <laughs> oh, dude, like, in real life, I look like a crazy person. So there's been a lot of speculation that they're just like, no, my shift's almost over. Fuck this. Hey, that's a fair, like, defense tactic, I think. Yeah, I think that's how, like, all those sovereign citizen wackos get away with it. <laughs> just, just, that's the secret. <laughs> it's just be more trouble than you're worth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I mean, being white probably helps, too. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm not the, like... I'm not... Okay, I, 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 I acknowledge that that's a thing, but I'm not the kind of white that gets away with shit. <laughs> Like, I know that white privilege is a real thing, but, like, 
It's it's kind of like how when you go to the trailer park and, and like dude's got like three teeth left in his head and the the cops are still gonna fuck with him because he's visibly fucking white trash. Like, I'm not quite there, but I'm not too far off. <laughs> yeah, you got at least four teeth, right? I got I got all my teeth. <laughs> but like, there's like six broken down motorcycles in front of my house. <laughs> ah, that's a joke. There's four. <laughs> <laughs> It just kept getting better. <laughs> <laughs> we should remove this whole fucking thing. The internet doesn't need to know that I'm genuinely like white trash fucking hillbilly. <laughs> oh no, I think it it makes makes a lot of the things you say make a lot more sense. So I feel like it does need to stay. It's accurate. It's backstory. Plus, yeah. you'll you'll say it on another episode anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't give a shit. Well, there you have it. Uh, for, be- for better or worse, I'll just do whatever the fuck I want and somehow get away with it. <laughs> Yo, I literally haven't had a moving violation in 16, 17 years. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm. And I've done burnouts in front of cops. Yeah, that's nuts because I have been pulled over so many times literally following the law and minding my own business. So I don't understand. <laughs> so I was specific about it being a moving violation because every time I have been pulled over, it was when I was like minding my own business. Yeah, I got pulled over one time um, because I have a plastic cover over my license plate. And uh, I was told that that was illegal. And then after that, when I questioned it, he said, oh, well, technically your exhaust is illegal too. <laughs> And I said, why is it illegal? And he's like, because any exhaust modification is against the law. And I was like, what the fuck? That is not true. Yeah, but see, remember, the uh, I think it was the Supreme Court uh, ruled that the cops actually don't need to know the law. You need to know the law. They don't. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I, I do. And I questioned him on that, too. And he let me go. And I was like, well, what the fuck was the point of this? <laughs> Stop. Just to fuck with me? Like, sorry that I passed you doing the speed limit dude I just, I just realized the story that will demonstrate the extent to which the police can't see me <laughs> y'all ready yeah Heavy with it. so it uh near where i live there's this uh f- it's a four-lane road like divided on either side super high traffic but there's very rarely traffic jams except at this one red light so I was I was driving home, and it was on my birthday. It was a real fucking punch in the dick. Um, I was driving home, and I'd been having problems with the carburetor in my van. So my carburetor decides to just start puking fuel into the engine, and it, it dies. Like, and I can't fix it on the in literally at the intersection. So I, you know, I, I literally over the course of one red light have my carburetor removed from the engine and I'm like trying to get it to stop flooding, but it won't. So I finally have to call a tow truck. I'm sitting in, in the, in the van waiting on a tow truck. And so I did say that the police can't see me, but that was slightly misleading. A cop pulls up behind me. Now I'm in a vehicle that visibly would not pass any safety inspection by any mechanic that could ever see it. The cop pulls up behind me and I immediately run back to him because I don't want him to come and notice that I don't have any inspection stickers or floor or anything like that. <laughs> and 
I tell him, like, my carburetor's flooding. I've got a tow truck on the way. Like, I just got to, like, wait it out until he gets there. Because, I mean, bear in mind, I'm causing what is probably, like, a half to three-quarters of a mile traffic jam at oh, this point. no. Because it is five o'clock in the afternoon. Busy road. <laughs> the, cops, the cop looks at me and says, all right, well, I'm just going to wait here with my lights on until the truck comes. And I'm like, okay. That seems easy. I'm going to go back in my van and wait. Tow truck comes, picks me up, takes me home. I didn't realize, because I broke down on my birthday, my license was expired. <laughs> and I just didn't even have insurance on the van because my auto payment thing had fucked up and they hadn't billed me in three months. <laughs> so I had a cop do me a favor when I was in a vehicle that was not safe to be on the road, had no inspections, no insurance, and I had no license. Yeah, you could have very easily gone to jail there. Yeah, I do think that that might be a little bit of that white privilege. A little bit. That was that was some luck. Oh, that, that day I was I was not I was not playing up the the fact that I'm like visibly white trash, but I mean, bear in mind, I have my face tattooed. So it wasn't like he couldn't look at me and tell that I wasn't the kind of white he likes. I mean, bro, you got that white trash privilege, you know? It's like yeah. white privilege, but the opposite, where they're just like, it's not worth it. This dude's never going to pay whatever fine I give him. Also true. I'm notorious for not paying my bills. Uh, well, on that note, uh, Zach, you got any other things to hate on? <laughs> Oh God, I got so many. I mean, like, do you want me to like rapid fire off a few? Oh, go or, for or it. We want to get into a few of them. All right. So up badging any car. I know what oh, kind yeah. of car you drive. I can see it. Your badge isn't fooling me. Take it off. That's fucking stupid. Uh, like putting a infinity tag on a Nissan or something. Exactly. Or what? an M3 badge on what is clearly a 325i. Oh, no. Get the I fuck out of here, dude. Oh, I did not know people did that. Oh, that's terrible. Don't do that. Oh, no. It's so Because funny. I tend to like classic, like, boomer cars. The, the equivalent on my end is if you go to a car show, every car there has SS or RS or something sort of badges on it. Yep. Here's the thing. I, I truly and completely believe you can earn a badge. Like, I don't give a fuck what the VIN says. If you drop, uh, you know, a 396 into a Camaro that started life as, you know, you know, the bone stock cheap Camaro, but you drop a big block in it and you make it worthy of that RS badge. Yeah, I'm all throw for that it. bitch on there. I'm all Hell for yeah. that. Hell yeah. You earn that shit. It's, it's more so on German sedans and... SUVs. That's where I see it almost every single time where they up badge it to the M or the AMG or whatever. And it's like, listen, bro, nobody cares that actually knows. And anyone who's not going to notice doesn't fucking care. Yeah. I fully intend to put SS badges on my pro street van, but mostly because at no point was there ever an SS van. (laughs) See, I, I can get behind that. That's obvious. It's just like, okay, he's probably done some work to it. He's got something in it. So he threw an SS badge on it. Cool. As long as they're not the uh, the German SS badges. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Put those on anything. Um, Wait, what's wrong with those? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I feel like with those, uh, a lot of those German luxury cars though, that's, those are a lot of people who are like really just obsessed with status, like who don't give a shit about yeah. the performance. It's just like, Oh, was, and they want more of that status. And that's very weird to me. And that's where I disagree with Zach about the SS badges, because most of the dudes doing that, they they romanticize the SS badge and think of it as like a value, like, like if you have an SS Camaro, that's worth a lot of money. And most of these dudes don't even drive their cars on the street. They're like they're trailering it to the show or something stupid like that, or putting two hundred miles a year on it. Like, what what the fuck good is your SS badge if you don't even know what it runs in the quarter because you've never fucking taken it off the trailer? Fuck you. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's gotta be. It's gotta be as good. Like if you make if you take a you know bottom of the barrel base Camaro and make an SS replica, do everything in it that the SS had, put an SS badge on it. Absolutely. If you take that same Camaro and put like a blown board and stroke 507 in it, fucking throw an SS badge on it, dude. I don't care. Like that's more than what the SS had. So it's fine. But yeah, absolutely. If it's underperforming compared to the car that it's badged to, you can fuck off. Fair enough. Yeah, I think the uh, the worst example of a BMW that I've seen was a an X5 SUV that they put the M badge on there, so it was an MX5, and I'm like, <laughs> that's a weird looking Miata, <laughs> right? You know, that's the biggest Miata I've ever seen. My favorite is when people just put every random badge they yeah. can find on their car. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, almost uh, that's almost impressive, actually. You know, when it's right. like uh, an M Sport uh, SS. Uh, you know, what's the other? What's the Mercedes one? Uh, AMG. You know. Oh, yeah. No, no. Like I saw a picture recently where it was like, "Huh, I didn't even know Honda made a Subaru BMW." Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like it was batches from like six different brands. <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew someone that had a, um, a Honda Civic with Citroen badges on it just to fuck with people because he thought it was funny. But yeah, I, I say do whatever you can for a laugh. Fuck it. Yeah, absolutely. And now that I realize how easy it is to upset Zach, I'm I'm got a lot of plans. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Just spam me with pictures of cars that don't have the right badges on it. I'll love it. It won't yeah. infuriate me to no end or anything. I'm going to go to the old folks home and start putting SS badges on walkers. <laughs> hey, some of those might be accurate. You go to Argentina and you could, uh, you could have an accurate representation. <laughs> SS badges. I'm not, I'm not following up that joke anymore. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah, my, uh, my computer has a badge glued to it that says fuel injection. So... Oh, right. No, it doesn't say fuel injection. It says automatic overdrive. I just looked. I forgot. I should put fuel injection badges on my cars just because my friends would think it's hysterical because they know that I would never put fuel injection on something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's this is a little sidebar, but like it's co it's always interesting when you see like an older car with a badge for a feature that like is commonplace today that, you know, is not like a prestigious thing anymore. Like I remember um, uh, I used to see uh, like an old Subaru from the 70s uh, 
that had a, a badge that said automatic transmission in like real fancy cursive script. It's like, woo, automatic. <laughs> wow. You got you to gotta let people know you got that auto transmission. I'm not over here shifting gears like you plebeians. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it's just their way of trying to say that they're fast because that automatic transmission is going to smoke your fucking manual. Yeah. Especially this like 1978 Subaru with like probably a three speed or something. Well, dude, weren't the Subarus from back then like the ones that came with like the 360 cc engines? No, that was a little earlier. That was like 60s, uh, 50s and 60s. Um, they they by the late 70s they had the the boxer engines and front wheel drive and everything. I think at least into the early 70s they still had 360s because they made a van version of the Subaru 360. Yeah. So that's the only thing I know about any Subarus. There was um, there was someone in Lemons, twenty four hours of Lemons, that was going to race a uh, a three sixty coupe with a motorcycle engine in it uh, until the organizers said basically no, that's terribly unsafe. Please don't race this. Um, and they they made a rule basically for that car that you couldn't have the wheelbase under a certain number. I think it's like one hundred and ten inches or something like that. Or, Sounds like a bunch of buzzkills to me. Yeah, tenant is actually a longer wheelbase than a lot of my vehicles or, are now, man. Or maybe I don't know millimeters. I don't know. Whatever. It was some distance. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever a normal car is, you know. I don't know. Whatever. Look, I just woke up, man. I'm, 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 numbers are aren't real, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Zach, is that all you got? I got plenty more, but let's move on. I'll let other people <laughs> talk shit about the shit that they ate. All right. Uh, let's, let's go to Brandon then. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Should I not be? Oh, I don't know. I got a lot. Of, I like, I firmly take the approach of like, do whatever to your car makes you happy. I'm excited whenever somebody like, enjoys their car and does something that makes the road a little bit more of a fun place to be. Uh, But that being said, I hate all of it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I don't think this has ever gone on recording. So you guys are familiar with this. Fuck Lexus. (laughs) Just the entire company. Whatever automotive, like, I don't know if you want to consider it a trend. I would like to think that the concept of a Lexus is a trend that's going to be over soon. But just fuck everyone that drives a Lexus. Nobody ever drives a Lexus and then I see them do something where I think to myself, yeah, that that was the right thing to do in that situation. It's always coming to a dead stop at the end of a fucking on-ramp or <laughs> not using your turn signal to plow into me or something stupid like that. <laughs> Uh, we, we dipped pretty good into to, to hating on a lot of modern trucks, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But obviously, if you've got, like, dude, I go to fucking Home Depot, like, four times a week because that's who I am as a person. And, like, these people need, like, a, a fucking step truck just to load sheets of fucking drywall and stuff into the bed of their truck because of their 8-inch lift kit and mud tires. Like, fuck you. 
you, you didn't need to spend eighty thousand dollars on a work truck that it doesn't work for work. <laughs> Fuck you. It's like that comparison where it's like fake rednecks versus real ne- rednecks. Yes. And the, the fake real rednecks, rednecks are still rocking square bodies because they know how to keep them on the road. Hell yeah. Yep. They got and an old Yoder. An old Toyota pickup. Oh yeah, dude. No, it's so funny. Like when I see an S10 at the parking lot in Home Depot, I can tell that that person probably actually like works. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if it's got like some pink house paint splashed all over one of the fenders, you know. Yeah, when when I see somebody with like an F350 on a lift kit with whatever fucking crazy diesel engine making 900 pound feet of torque, and they're like, you know. I don't know. I don't even know the right way to slander that fucking vehicle, but it's just dog shit. It's useless. And like, no, no, it's wildly useful, but just not for anything that that person is using it for. Yeah. They like, they tow a boat or a motor home like two weekends a year. And then the rest of the time they just commute to work with this like 8,000 pound vehicle. Yeah. So I'm not like, okay, well, I'm not going to harp on the trucks too much more, except there's one specific trend and I feel like because I live in Western Pennsylvania, maybe I see it more than you. I don't know how widespread this is. Low profile off-road tires. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. With every fiber of my fucking being, fuck those people. You have created something that rides like dog shit and is useless for its intended purpose. Fuck you. It fits perfectly on your $80,000 truck, and I hope it blows up and you die. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Brandon, hold on. The So the low-profile off-road tires, which is almost should be just an oxymoron anyway, um, are you yeah. talking about the ones that are like on these, like, um, on the fancy-looking, like, almost that JDM-style three-piece wheels where they got, like, the deep dish and everything? Or is this something entirely different? No, I think that's like it's okay. So it's usually on a, a, a lifted seventy, eighty thousand dollar pickup, and they have like twenty or twenty two inch rims or something. And and normally, like I don't know if they're three piece rims. I don't know Again, if they're actually like, three piece or not, but like they have that st- that style. Yeah, okay. but then like the tire has like an inch inch and a half of actual fucking tire outside of the rim but then with like mud tread <laughs> and it's just like it's just this flamboyant way to announce the world that you suck <laughs> i agree i couldn't agree more <laughs> i shockingly this very week i got cut off by a lifted jeep wrangler that had like what well, it didn't it didn't use a turn signal to cut me off if i need to clarify that but it had like powder coated everything on its undercarriage so that like its shocks matched its diff cover and stuff like that. And the 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 wheels hung out from the body like they didn't have fender flares or anything. The wheels hung out from the body a solid four or five inches. Ooh, gross. Ugh. I don't even hate that. But like it was low profile. It was enormous rims and low profile off road tires. And I just, I wanted to rear end him because it would cause like $6 worth of damage to me and like 20000 to him. 
Yeah, I, I want to know who invented low-profile off-road tires. Like, you know, whoever had this idea, I mean, they probably made lots of money, but also, like, why? Why would you, you know, come up with this idea? Oh, yeah, that's... I don't know if y'all remember the, the quote-unquote musician Bubba Sparks, but if Bubba Sparks was a wheel, it would be that. <laughs> Damn, I don't know. I don't hey. know who that is. Yeah, I mean, booty, 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 oh, booty, yeah, Yep. He was a, That's he was a white rapper whose whole thing was like, I'm a rapper, but I'm also a hillbilly. Oh. And, <laughs> and it just sucks shit in the way that like those dudes, like it's always some asshole who listens to, to like pop country and like whatever white rapper he can find <laughs> is overtly racist, but also like is more than happy to steal trends from black culture. So you like basically have the lifted pickup equivalent of a donk for somebody who's racist as shit. And then if they ever think about looking at a fucking like mud trail, they're going to get a flat and destroy it. Their <laughs> $1,500 rim. I genuinely hate low profile off-road tires with every fiber of my fucking being. Yeah, no, that's fair. They deserve it. I have a whole list here that I prepared for this. Next on the list is Lexus again. <laughs> I don't hate Lexus as much as low-profile off-road tires, but enough to mention them again. Noted. Okay, I feel like I feel like you hate Lexus. I think we talked about this one time, but you hate Lexus because someone is paying way too much for a Toyota Camry. Essentially, that is one. And then acting and then acting like an asshole in it, like they're king shit of shit mountain, and you know they're better than everyone else on the road. Is that a fair assessment? The roads of shit mountain, yes. Dude, <laughs> because everyone I've ever known that was super pumped on their Lexus was just the most petty bourgeoisie, like, like barely making enough money to consider themselves bourgeoisie, but very proud of their, like, moderate luxury car. Well, I think this I is a good time. totally understand that. I feel like this is a really good time well, to get some, some good conflict on the podcast, because... Me and Zach were talking about, you know, Zach was looking into the Lexus GS300 for a fun car. Discuss. There's one thing I genuinely do like about a Lexus. And it's it's when I see a Lexus, I immediately know that's somebody I don't ever need to worry about wanting to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're usually like uh, like middle management or like business owners, real estate agents, dentists, that kind of thing. That's kind of the demographic I see with Lexuses. Lexi, whatever. <laughs> Lexi. I don't know. Um, I feel like, so look, if you have an older one, I feel like that's okay. You know, there's there's some old IS300s, which for some reason do hold their value a little bit too well for what they are, in my opinion. But, you know, anyway, yeah. you know. I mean, no, if you're... I recognize I recognize that Lexus had like some good engines or whatever. I don't know imports that well. You guys have personally informed me that there were some Lexus models that had like good stuff in them. But like the thing is, if you had the money to buy a Lexus, then you, you could have bought something better. But you bought a Lexus because something about that badge <laughs> resonated with you in a way that really, fuck you. <laughs> Just fuck you. Here's, here's my... uh. 
Here's my adversarial take to, to that. I'm buying a Lexus GS300. Eventually, it's going to happen <laughs> because it's the literally the cheapest car that I can find that's got a 2JZ in it. Like, they came stock with a 2JZ VVTi motor and a shit garbage automatic transmission, but whatever. I can get it for two grand and spend another like maybe two to three grand to get a CD009 swap and all of the connection to make it fit with that platform and have a badass drift Black car list. for like four grand. I think that is like the one and only situation in which the Lexus badge being the reason you buy it doesn't apply because absolutely like 99.99% of time, that's absolutely why people buy Lexuses. Well, dude, the Lexus like, is such a nondescript jelly bean of a fucking car. I'm never going to recognize one without badges. Just take the fucking badges off. For me. <laughs> I will do it for you, Brandon. <laughs> you and you alone. I'll debadge it. Or at least like edit the badges out of any pictures you fucking post. You know, no, actually what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is um, put a bunch of uh, AMG badges and pretend it's a Mercedes AMG. If you put SS badges on a Lexus, I will laugh at that. Well, now we know what we got to do there. I mean, you could also just badge it as whatever the Toyota model that they sold in Japan is. I've seen people do that with like... The, I could. Yeah. Yeah, I could put the Aristo badges on it. Because the Toyota Aristo came with, uh, it actually came with the 2JZ GTE, the turbo yep. uh, version. Yep. So once I slap a turbo on it, I think it's earned the Aristo badge. Yeah, I think you need to put like a little guillotine badge next to that also. Yeah, are oh, you saying sure. Aristo as in short for aristocrat? Hey, I don't know where that name came from, but that's what the car is called. Yeah, that might I be worse. Probably, like actually. earn my history. You were, if, wait, okay, uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm having an aneurysm. Um, are you telling me that there is a, a Lexus called the Aristo? It's actually sold as a Toyota in Japan. It's a Toyota Aristo. Okay. It could be short for aristocrat, though. I know they used them as, like, uh, high-end, like, chauffeur cars over there. So, like, a fancy taxi. How hard so there is an may be. <laughs> I mean, pretty. If if it's happening, you're a goner, bud. I'm sorry. Well, that's better this way. <laughs> <laughs> I, unless I can find a way to unknow what I've just learned, it's better. This way. <laughs> I mean, I could give you some more info on the Aristo if you want. If you just want to make this quick and easy, <laughs> we can keep going. Is there is there somehow is it a car with a monocle? <laughs> <laughs> it does come stock with a giant monocle over the passenger side windshield. Yes. Like one headlight is just way brighter than the other. <laughs> there was actually a, a lemons car. Someone got an old, um, uh, what was it? Rolls Royce and put a monocle and a, I think a top hat on it. How did they get an old Rolls Royce for $500? I, I think it, like came with no motor and trans and they put like a Chevy 350 in it or something like that. Okay, but cool. I mean, it's not like it was going to, it's not like it was going to win the race. It's, you know, 5,000 well, 5, no, pounds not. or something. Yeah, no, so. no. It was going to lose if anything, but <laughs> yeah. So it was really just, you know, it was just scenery really. It was just a rolling sculpture. It's awesome. You know, 
Okay, I'm almost done with my list. Should I keep <laughs> yep, going? Go for it. Sure. Okay, I'm going to be real brief on this because I don't want to come across like a prick. But just generally, like, every girl that drives a Jeep that has Jeep girl stuff all over her Jeep. Is, is that a thing that is elsewhere? Oh, yeah. That's big here as well. Okay. I mean, like, good for you, but also I don't ever want to talk to you, and I hope I don't see you at Walmart. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I see, uh, you know, I see a lot of those Salt Life stickers, even though I lived in a, live in a landlocked state. Yep. Like, there's no beaches here, but... I don't know. I, I thought like those people were from Utah, like from Salt Lake City when I saw those. At I'm 300 miles from the the like ocean and I see them everywhere too. You're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of lame. But yeah, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, um, okay. So th- this, this is genuine in a, a, a very real way. Um, I kind of, this isn't a trend, I think. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Oh, I just realized something I left off my list. My list is getting longer as I'm speaking. <laughs> um, I, I'm not into to folks who put like big bucks into restoring classic cars and then just don't drive them. Yeah. Like if you've spent like six figures on your muscle car, but like put like six miles a year on it to drive it to like a, a show, like, I don't know, go fuck yourself. Like why that car was built to be fun. Why are you hating on fun? Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think cars Absolutely. should be driven. You can you can always add another fucking motor. You can replace you know frame rails if you need to for all those old cars. They you can replace anything on them. Just so go drive it. You can get a new trans. You can yeah. get a new. Don't engine. put a thirty thousand. You can rebuild it. Don't put a thirty thousand dollar paint job on it. You know, like if you're worried about it getting scratched, get a decent paint job for a few grand. Just get it out there. Like or hear me out. Put a thirty thousand dollar paint job on it and let it get chipped. Yeah. <laughs> if you got the money for it, right? Yeah, that's it. No, I'm being very serious about that specifically because like once something gets a high-end paint job like that, it's super not uncommon to see it sunbaked 20 years later just sitting in someone's yard because they never drove like it was a show car, but when when a show car has made the rounds for a couple of years, it's it's done. Drives a fucking thing. Absolutely. And it doesn't serve the car at all. All the rubber gets hard, all the hoses go bad the tires go bad fluids just sit and sit and sit and that's terrible for everything they're touching drive it just drive it it was built to be driven absolutely 100 with you on that one. yeah i agree which actually like that's what reminded me of my last thing and if, if i think of anything else i'll just shut the fuck up because I'm, I'm starting to sound like zach with all this fucking hate <laughs> <laughs> we discussed this before fuck rat rods Yep. Yep. Yes, I was shocked by this, but I think you won me over with your ex- explanation of it. So, no, so yeah. So yeah. To to be clear, like old school, like twenty or thirty years ago, when somebody just had a hot rod and they were like holding the thing together with duct tape and hose clamps, that's not what I'm talking about. But when you put like tens of thousands of man hours and and like a hundred thousand dollars into building a vehicle that looks like shit cannot fit a human being inside the cab and could never possibly be driven safely under any circumstances. Just fuck you. Like, just because you airbrushed rush on or rust onto it, like, just f- fuck you. Get by Lexus. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, I, I agree. Yeah, that's like one of the most absurd things that I've seen. I think uh, Connor called it um, what uh, rich people cosplaying as poor people. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that or was- just... Or just designer jeans that people pay an insane amount of money for that have holes in them all over. I think is uh, another comparison that we made. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you putting so much time and effort to make something look bad and not you work? You know what it is? I think I think it's related to, it's just that fucking, that awful car media that they crank out now. Where they're just like trying to like fucking suck up, you know, eyeballs so that they can put advertisements on there. And so you've got these like mm-hmm. so and so's garage, and you know it's it's always some rich asshole boss. Like what's that guy's name? Uh, God, what's that one douche? Fucking Richard guy? Rollins. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't that remember guy. his name, but I knew we were all thinking. Of you him. know that guy. I fucking hate that guy. Holy shit. He's just a boss. I hate that. He's guy. a boss, and he acts like, oh, I built these cars. You're like, no, your workers built those cars, and then you had absurd. Yeah, you demands. just cut a check. Yeah, he just goes out and he's like, oh, I want this done in a week, and it's like. Dude, people would spend 10 years doing what you want done in a fucking week. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, so- and it's always dumb shit. And then he expects to get like three times the price yep, yep. of and every so- other similar model for his car because it's a gas monkey garage car. It's like, dude, no one fucking cares. Yep. Yep. And like, you know, people watch that shit enough. And that's where you get this like rat rod kind of style. Oh, look, I put on the special you know patina and i made it look all worn out and you're like but that's fake that's like a halloween costume okay like that's (laughs) you've taken something no because halloween costumes are fun and i can enjoy them (laughs) because it didn't take you a hundred grand to put it on and you can never take it off the thing that i really don't understand is the the volkswagens where people make the hood rusty on purpose like they strip off all the paint and spray salt water all over it. What? Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is still a thing, but like people that have GTIs and Jettas and whatever, this was a trend for a while. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like old bugs, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like Mark 1 to Mark 5 golfs have it a yep. lot. Huh. And yeah. then like a, a sticker bombed fender. Yeah. They always have one sticker bombed fender. Yeah, what a weird and ridiculous thing to do to a car. Yeah, but I mean, also the the people that are into uh, rat rods, like the you know nineteen thirties style hot rods, they tend to be uh, like rockabillies, and and those people are a little strange. I, I don't quite understand them. No, I just I feel like the the modern rat rod thing has has gone far beyond that because it's it's always shit that's chopped so aggressively it barely comes up to my waist, and like. You've got to be able to remove the steering wheel to get into it. And there's so much engine in the way, which uh, granted, I'm a big fan of a lot of engine, but when it's the entire windshield, like maybe that's not the greatest idea. Yeah. I feel like that's also like really unsafe when it's like, Hey, you can't like see past that. Like, don't please don't drive that on the road. You're putting other people in danger. Like your blind spot is the entire like all the way around the vehicle, except for this narrow window directly in front of you. But like, the thing is like, that's not the point. Those things were never built to be driven. And that, that goes back to the like whole, like trailer queen kind of thing where, where you spent so much time and money on this thing that is just going to rot somewhere and, and good because fuck it. 
That that makes me think of a, I forget what it was called, but there was one of those custom cars built in the sixties by like uh that what's his Roth guy, Big Daddy Roth or something. One of those yeah. kind of guys. Um that that ended up just being stuck in front of a, like a strip club in Tijuana or something and just rotting out uh you know, outside getting full of trash and stuff. And then someone found it and is like, oh, holy shit, this is the, I think it was called the Mysterion or something like that. One of those bubble. Yeah, all sorts of great cars, man. Yeah. And, and someone eventually restored it, but, you know, it was, uh, it was just sitting out there, uh, rotting away, you know, not being driven or anything. Of course, you can't really drive those bubble top cars. They're, they're kind of terrible. I don't understand your reasoning. <laughs> I mean, they're built as show cars, but like they have those big, um, you know, plexiglass bubbles on top um, where I know like, what you're talking about. I don't understand your reasoning why for why you can't drive them. Uh, just because it's uncomfortable and, uh, you know, real hot in the summer. Uh, no ventilation, really. But hey, I drove a 62 Ford Falcon that didn't have AC and none of the windows rolled down. That was hot as shit. I still drove it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had the just, engine van that just pumped heat into the cab all summer. I'm I'm just not as uh, as cool as you guys, I guess. No, you're probably much cooler. I was I was sweating my balls. <laughs> I, cool I, I I was sweating and just tr- I was just trying to get to work or whatever I was doing at the time. Like it was it was a necessity, and that but that's what I like about actual old school rat rods was was you you cobbled it together with just whatever you had laying around. Cause that's what you had to do to get to work the next day or whatever. Yeah. And I, I do kind of like some of that aesthetic where they're like using an old camshaft as like the front bumper, that kind of thing. Um, it is kind of inventive. Um, but like you said, people take it to its extremes and then it's no longer a car. It's just a sculpture basically. I feel like a lot of things that are like uh, sort of niche like that, like rats, rat rods reach a critical mass of popularity where a certain group of people gets their hands on it that has money and can do whatever they want to it. And it becomes artificial. And I think it happens with a lot of different things and a lot of different like cultures where it just becomes popular enough that it's no longer about what it was to begin with. It just becomes about looking like the thing that started it looking like those old rat rods. It's when people don't realize that money is not a substitute for style. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, Brandon, does that, uh, does that round out your list then for now? Um, Because I'm trying to not like go into cardiac arrest. I'll just stop there. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Well, um, I, I've got a couple, uh, couple myself. Um, so I was going to go ahead and hate on the trucks as well, the lifted trucks on the fancy deep dish wheels. But uh, I think we, we 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 hit that topic pretty thoroughly. So it seems like universal hate here. Dude, dude there's not enough hate for them. How about it? <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, I forgot to mention fake bead locks. I, I definitely wanted to get that out there. If you have fake bead locks on your car, like. That's fucking. I stupid. literally didn't even know that they made fake beadlocks. That's 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 no fun. That's very lame. Yeah, very uncool. Um, yeah, not a big fan of that style of truck. I just don't think that that style 
looks good anyway. It's like, you know, low profile off road tires might be cool if they like looked cool with it, but they don't. Trucks aren't like sleek and sporty and, you know, they're, they're not really works of art. So when you lift them and put them on fancy wheels, it like doesn't, it looks, I don't know, it's a hunk of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it doesn't look cool. It doesn't perform well. There's nothing cool about it. It's just you have way too much money and no no taste, which I think those oftentimes do go hand in hand, unfortunately. So, yep, pretty pretty universal hate here. Um, but uh, I did also, um, I, I've noticed recently, and I see it a lot on like Instagram and whatnot, um, this new trend that I am super against. Um paint jobs are like vinyl wraps that split the car down the middle lengthwise. I am not about it at all. I don't see that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Oh my God. It's the worst. Um, I do see it on Instagram a ton. So like, it'll be like, Oh, half the car is white. And then on the other side, it's like this awful camo wrap or something. And it splits it down. Like, like right down the bit front bumper, the middle of the hood, the roof, everything. And it's just all the way back. It is split in half. And I think it is the worst look. Um, Now don't ask me why it works, but like you can split a card down the middle the other way, like, and make it look okay. Like have the front one way and then have it, the back look different. And you can have that split look, you know, it can be a slash across the side. It can be, you know, feathered in, whatever that can look cool, but the lengthwise split. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that either, to be honest. Um, I mean, you, you'll see a lot of like professional race cars can do stuff like that. Like, you know, they'll have, you know, the back will be, Oh, okay. You know, so yeah. you can get away with that. The lengthwise split. Yeah. If it's got like sort of a diagonal line yep. split. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See that gotcha. works lengthwise does not work at all and i see it all the time and it kind of drives me nuts because it's just like there's no way to make this look good (laughs) there's no world in which wait are you talking split left right or top bottom um i'm talking left right yeah top bottom's okay Okay, yeah okay yeah top bottom is okay as well um but yeah this like left right split not not acceptable to me (laughs) like it's, you know, and it's always, you know, the way when I see it, it's always like some goofy ass pattern on one side, too. So, like, it looks super busy on half the car. And then the other half is like usually something simpler. But it, it's too it's like it's abrasive when you look at it. And, you know, you see it on like a lot of Insta famous cars. You know what I'm saying? Like the those accounts are like they've got 15 to 20,000 followers. And you're just like, why in this ugly piece of shit? Why? (laughs) So yes, that has been, I've seen a few of those come around. I've, I've been seeing that trend come up recently. And that's been one of the most shocking things to me because back in like probably 2006, 2007, whatever need for speed carbon came out, I used to spend countless hours customizing cars in that video game. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I did, but it was because I just literally had done every single other thing in the game. Yeah. And I was just like, how can I make something that's different? And I would split cars like that and make one side, one color and one side, the other. Yeah. And 
it looked kind of cool to me as a um, 14 year old boy uh, seeing them now. It's just like, what the fuck? People are doing that in yes. real life now. Yes, people- and as I've matured, I realize that looks like dog shit. <laughs> well, that was when you were 14. How much have you matured in the last like two years? <laughs> I mean, at least a little bit. I recently got my driver's license. <laughs> Whatever. I'm like 30 something and I recently got my driver's license. <laughs> Back or for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> It was half a joke, but if we're being serious, back. Uh, not because I lost it, it just expires and then I don't get a new one. I also didn't have a motorcycle license for the first like five or six years I was riding a motorcycle. Yeah, it's kind of understandable. Yeah. I mean, that's like I... the minorest of offenses uh, on your rap sheet right now, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm making myself sound like a criminal. <laughs> it's more just that I don't respect the law. Yeah, that's fair. Laws are usually arbitrary and stupid, many of them. Yeah. Like numbers. Like numbers, yes. <laughs> um, all right, so the other thing I was going to hate on, uh, this one's a little bit simpler, but I'm pretty sure everyone will know what I'm talking about. The um, modern Mopars, specifically, leaving the, the fucking... Already hate it. Oh, good to know. Um, yeah, when they leave the <laughs> stupid lip guards on those yellow fucking i it's it's oh no i think that's funny yes (laughs) oh god take them off just take them like it's the garbage it's like you know i don't like i don't i can't even think of what to compare it to it's like i don't like you don't leave the film on the screen of the tv you buy yes exactly (laughs) i don't leave the sticker on my uh when i buy clothes i don't leave the fucking tag on them like take it off (laughs) <laughs> I would like I would like to point out right now that you know the like the cellophane cover that's on your screen on your phone when you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Mine's been on my phone for a year and a half. <laughs> See, that can that can have some use, some like protective value or something, but like people are leaving it on clearly as like a style statement. And I think they literally think that the lip is yellow in those. Like they think that's how the car is supposed to look. Um but yeah, yeah. For for the listeners that might not know what this is, they're they're basically just like styrofoam, yellow styrofoam things that are stuck on the front, I guess the bottom of the bumper, the the lip uh, spoiler on the the Dodge uh, cars. Yeah, like Challengers and Chargers usually. So yeah, and they're they're meant as a, like a protective thing um, for shipping the car from the factory to the dealer. And the dealer is supposed to take them off, but I guess either some dealer forgot or some some guy bought it and and thought, hey, look, those look cool. You know, I I want to keep those on. And uh, I guess it became a trend, you know? Yeah, a terrible trend that should die. Take them off. If, if we have any listeners that Aren't have these on the car them in different colors now because people are leaving them on. Oh, I don't even know about that. I God, I hope not. I, I want to say I heard something about that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, if we have any listeners that, you know, have a newer Charger Challenger, they're real happy with, but they left them on, it's okay. It's all right. I get it. It's a trend, but go take those off. Please go take those off. Just do it. I don't know. I think it's generous to assume we have any listeners. <laughs> I said if. Yeah. I did qualify it. And uh... so, for clarification, I don't hate Mopars. I actually really want a modern, like, Hellcat or Demon. I just hate Mopar people. 
I feel like that's yeah, fair. definitely. I we might have talked about this before, but there was um, I think when the first Hellcat uh, was sold in Colorado, it was uh, wrecked into a ditch about thirty minutes later. <laughs> yep. So. Well- yeah, because a lot of people don't actually know what to do with 700 horsepower. Yep. Which, by the way, they're measuring at the crank. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, so grow up. It's not even that much. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're being sarcastic, but that is the point that I was making. I was kind of being sarcastic a little bit, but also I'm a little serious. <laughs> Bear in mind, I want my van to be a thousand horsepower at the wheel. <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah. like that, <laughs> And uh, I, I know uh, one guy who has a um, Checker Marathon taxi cab, you know, like an old New York City taxi. Uh, and he just put some yellow duct tape on the front bumper because he thought it looked funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. And then so... The, the other, uh, the last thing I kind of wanted to hate on a little bit, um, this may be an unpopular opinion, because um, I know... No, I hate Lexus <laughs> too. <laughs> um, no, this is one that everybody loves, that I see constantly on, you know, Instagram. It's the newest cool trend. Um, and uh, admittedly, I thought it was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It looks interesting, but I, I've now come to hate it. Um, I see I see way too much of it. Um the I'm talking about the um, intakes or exhausts or other metal bits that are made from like welding on 800 fucking pieces together to make it make a turn. So like you know what I'm talking about, where it's like you'll have oh yeah you yeah pie cuts yes the yeah. pie cuts um fucking I've had enough of it I, I just I'm well that's that can be very functional it, well I'm okay well maybe I could be like, convinced what's the function there. Uh, depending, like, if if you're fabricating stuff, like, let's say you don't have all of the, like, mandrel bent tubing that you need, or you're having to do uh, bends that you can't get mandrel bent tubing for, um, in my experience, realistically, like, when you do all those crazy pie cuts and weld it all up, I see a lot of people post pictures of it welded, but you should be polishing the welds back down when you're done. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, but it looks weird otherwise. But, yeah, no. Using the pie cuts can just be to to get the radius that you're looking for. I mean... I would also like to add that, technically, by a small margin, mandrel bending a pipe will decrease the interior diameter of that pipe, whereas pie cuts maintain the same inner diameter through the bend. So you yeah. are technically creating a very small bottleneck in the intake or exhaust by mandrel bending it. I don't know how much it is. Maybe it's not enough to make a difference, but I, I don't it think is it's there. drastic, but you are technically correct. I always thought that the pie cut thing was more just people who know how to weld showing off their I welds. I feel like that's which that's kind of what the sense that I get. Like it, it kind of looks cool. I, I know how to weld and I show off my welds, so I'm not going to fucking shit on that. Well, that's all right. That's fair. But, uh, you know, I've seen I've seen it so much now that I'm just like, ah, you know, I don't I don't think I like it. I mean, I feel like it doesn't take that many welds to make a, you know, a pipe bend the way you want. Now, again, you know, it, it's sure. I'm sure there's like you can have a little bit more 
control over the exact radius of the bend that way. Um, but I'm per- I'm just personally kind of not into it. Um, I, I think it, like it kind of at first, like I said, I, I thought it looked kind of cool, but I don't know. I, I feel like it shouldn't take, I don't know, eight hours to make an intake tube or whatever. Um, just seems just seems excessive to me. Like a, it's a style thing that I don't know, doesn't seem to be that useful. And I would imagine is outrageously expensive. Yeah, I mean, if you're paying someone else to do it, yeah, it would definitely be some hours in that. Yeah. Um, and if you're putting it like just on your exhaust tip, you know, there's you're just showing off there. There's Dude, no functional um, reason for that. A buddy of mine sent me a link the other day. I, I forget. It's like one of the more well-known shops that built this. So I, I don't know. I'm going to avoid shitting on them, which is easy because I don't remember what shop it was. <laughs> But they built this crazy, uh, it was like a, an early like 69-ish charger. And it was basically on monster truck suspension with huge like mud tires and everything. But it was all like bare metal and like a, a lot of like visible welds. And they were nice welds, so whatever. They had fake bead lockers on them. Um, but on the intake, they had... What, once you zoomed in, you realize that they literally just put spot welds in like certain patterns all over the intake. Just it, it like vaguely <laughs> resembled rivets. Oh, but basically they just they yeah they just not spot welds like tack welds. Um, just ju- it was purely aesthetic. They just put a little dollop of weld like all over this fucking intake and shit. Huh. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen like, you know, that's like steampunk, basically, you know, you're just putting fake rivets on it for style, you know, might as well glue some gears on there too. Dude, like the the car was, yeah, it was basically redneck steampunk. I I actually described it to my buddy as if, if Disturbed was a car, not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. Can we just shit on Disturbed for a while? That's fine with me. I hate them too. Well, I said if a regular 69 Charger is Judas Priest, then that 69 Charger is disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much all I've got to uh, hate on for now. I'm sure there'll be there'll be more later if we ever talk about it again. But uh, that, that's what I got right now. That's that's what's been bugging me scrolling through Instagram when I look at it and I go, fucking God. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a good level of hate for now. Yeah, I, I, I no. think I would agree. Oh, charging extra for patina. <laughs> yes. Like like this yeah, car. Selling point. Yeah, okay. Like when a truck's been sitting in a yard in the Southwest for 20 years, and so somehow it, it's worth more because the paint's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, it's I a mean, thing. I know, I know people that just leave their cars outside and, and that happens, but. Yeah, you're talking to one. <laughs> I don't like rat rods. My cars just look like shit because I drive them and they salt the roads here. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. This growing dysfunction is built into an economic structure that institutionalizes barbarism. So... This was uh, suggested to some 
<clears throat> this was suggested uh, by someone on social media. I believe it was on uh, Chapo Chat, which is uh, the very weird uh, remains of the Chapo Trap House subreddit that spun off into its own uh, website. That just sounds so, uh, like the forum that leftists go to be racist at. Wait, who's racist? I don't know. I'm just assuming that's what's going on there. I mean, there's plenty of uh, ironic uh, anti-Italian uh, racism there. Well, that's sure. not racism. That's logic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad we're all on the same page then. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a strange place. But uh, you know, check it out if you like uh, weird tanky memes and uh, stuff like that. Side um, note, if you want to piss off an Italian, point out that lasagna is just spaghetti casserole. <laughs> also, uh, the the country of Italy is uh, younger than the Sears company. Seriously? What? No. Oh, I'm an idiot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Italy wasn't unified until like 1875 or something. So. Yeah, but how old is Sears? Uh, like eighteen sixty something, I want to say. Huh. I might be, I might be totally wrong on that. Don't, don't at me. Uh, numbers aren't real. Don't uh, at me, bro. Yeah, <laughs> time is a time is an illusion. Uh, clocks are are fake. Uh, numbers aren't real. Whatever. Anyways, um, so the topic is uh, the gyro bus. Um, the only like time said, that matters is lap times. Yes. Yes. There you go. Uh, so this is not a bus full of Greek sandwiches, uh, like we said earlier. Uh, it, it's a a bus powered by a giant flywheel. So it's an electric sort of trolley bus. Um, but this was engineered when you know battery technology was not as it is now, um, and also it was designed for areas where there's not. A whole lot of infrastructure for trolleys with the overhead lines or uh, rails for them to go on. Uh, so it stores electricity or energy in a giant flywheel and uses, you know, a motor to spin it up and then a generator to draw power out of that to power the wheels. Um, so the concept was first uh, engineered in the 1940s by a company called or Lycon, I believe that's how it's pronounced, of Switzerland. Um, and like I said, it was for it was designed for areas where there's not the overhead wires uh, or where you want it to be real quiet uh, and you don't want an internal combustion engine. Um, and uh, so it has a, a big old flywheel, uh, several thousand pounds that spins up to 3,000 RPM uh, with a squirrel cage motor, which I'm not really sure what that means. I don't know who's putting squirrels in cages and using them to power buses, but uh, it seems a little un inefficient. Um, so you had three booms, sort of like a pantograph on top of the bus, uh, and then it would contact not overhead lines necessarily, but just a pole that would be at every bus stop. Uh, so whenever you stop, it would charge up the flywheel, and then whenever you drive away, it would sort of drain down the energy. So hold um, on. So it's taking an electricity to get this flywheel spinning, right? And then that mm -hmm. spinning motion is what's generating power for the bus to use in between stops. Yeah, and it 
and it's not like any there's no mechanical link between the flywheel and the tires it's all electrical um hmm. and you can do you can do like regenerative braking with it sure. uh like a like a regular battery electric um and uh so fully charged they could travel about six kilometers or 3.7 miles um up to 50 60 kilometers per hour or 37 miles an hour yep. uh depending on how many passengers they had um and i don't speak french um mostly because i don't respect the language um but uh i'll try to pronounce it's just, this it's just like how if 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 someone thinks they can speak spanish they just speak louder to say to speak French, you, you just say something in English, and they go, <laughs> "Yeah." So I'm going to pronounce this phonetically: uh, Yverdon Les Baines is the town. In... Les Baines. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so that's the town in Switzerland where they first uh, installed this. Um, charging up the flywheel from a stop took about. 30 seconds to three minutes, depending um, on how, you know, if it was spinning a little bit beforehand. Um, the voltage was between 380 and 500 volts, uh, three phase AC, uh, I believe. And um, so depending on like how much you're driving it, how much you're starting and stopping, you'd have to stop longer or uh, have more frequent stops uh, to charge it up. And then, uh, so, but they, they first got this, uh, a prototype built in 1950, uh, and then was, that was in service until at least 19, uh, 1954, excuse me. Um, and then I guess General Electric explored the possibility in the seventies, uh, 1980s, the, uh, Volvo, um, experimented with this, um, and then, uh, in the 1990s, the Dutch Center for Concepts in Mechatronics uh, also developed flywheel battery storage type stuff. Um, and then it was also used in, um, like I said, Switzerland, um, and then also in the Belgian Congo. So we've got uh, you know a little flavor of colonialism here. Um, they opened it up in Leopoldville, which is now Kinshasa with uh, up to 12, 12 to 17 buses and um, the the charging stops every two kilometers. Let's see. Um, so does it get into anywhere like, does it kind of go through like what advantages this setup might have? Because it like, it does seem like a lot of extra steps for like if this flywheel is generating power, so it's it's charging spinning a flywheel which yeah. then charges which then we you know gives electricity to electric motors i assume that control the wheels why not just have yep. the charging directly charge the motors that power the wheel like why wouldn't you just or charge a battery or whatever did they do they yeah i mean it this like i said this was when battery technology was not that great so like you'd need probably about the same weight of uh, lead acid batteries, if not more, oh. to get the same range. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I read about it a little bit, and it did seem kind of genuinely interesting because the flywheel weighs so much that it has enough inertia to continue spinning. 
between charging stations. So my, as what I could gather at a glimpse was it's going to slow down from 3000 RPMs, but before it comes to a, a slow enough uh, speed that it, it like is negatively impacting its ability to generate electricity, it'll get to a charging station to speed it back up. Ah. Yeah. That's a basic idea. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's pretty um, nifty then. So that's pretty okay. I'm with it then. Weirdly, yeah. this resonates with me as as a Harley guy because one of the reasons older Harleys idle so low and are such torquey motors is because their flywheels weigh like forty pounds. Holy so it, hell. it has a lot of rotational inertia. I, I, I might have that number wrong. I don't remember. I can't remember if it's twenty pounds per wheel or twenty pounds for the uh, flywheels total. But either way, like. It'll idle super low because it just wants to keep spinning. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty par for the course in like early 20th century. Like, I think a Ford flathead engine has like a 60 pound flywheel or something like that. Um, and uh, my one friend had a an old um, Dodge truck with the the flathead straight six. And that that flywheel was probably at least 50, 60 pounds, something like that. But, um, wow. Uh, yeah, I forget the actual physics terms for it, but it just, there's so much inertia like stored in it that it'll just keep fucking spinning. Yeah, rotational inertia. Yeah. Okay, that was the right term. Uh huh. Yeah. Incidentally, it's not good to, if you want to rev fast. No. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're cutting down on your power because, yeah, you can't get up to those high revs as easy. Um, and it's kind of like, you know what what we were talking with um you know big heavy wheels like if you have 20 inch wheels that that weigh 40 pounds each or whatever it's going to it's going to give you worse mileage because you're having to spin up those wheels every time you start from a, a stop um not to mention you've got all that unsprung weight it's going to handle like shit you know yeah or ride like shit at least yeah see, um, you know it's just um it Heavy flywheels, like, obviously do have, you know, their place. Um, I'm, of course, putting a lighter flywheel in my car, um, you know, to rev faster, especially in between clutch kicks. Um, and, you know, because I, I don't want my revs to hang. Um, so it's just interesting to hear about, you know, the benefits of, like, a super heavy flywheel that will just keep spinning forever is kind of, you know, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's the pretty much the only benefit of a of a flywheel is on an engine, at least, is if you're keeping it at the same revs, yeah. basically constantly. So, like, if you have like a stationary um, generator type engine, you know, that's that's when you'd want a big heavy flywheel. Or if you really like this, the sound of a really chunky low idle, they're good for that. Yeah, there you go. Or if you have like a weird ass firing order, like a Harley engine, you know. I don't know if you can even have a weird firing order on a two-cylinder engine. Well, I just mean that they're not as smooth as like a parallel twin as far as the power delivery and everything. So that that you'd want a bigger flywheel to sort of smooth that out. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they're, they're like you can get around that. There are definitely people who build like Harley race engines where they like scallop the flywheels and blade the edges and do everything imaginable. Hmm. 
Yeah, and that's that's more to do with like resistance from the oil and air in the crankcase and stuff, right? Um, blading the edges of it, yes. Um, I, I think the term is scalloping, where you take it from a round thing to like like a weird shape that balances the the rotation a little bit better. Uh, that is to lighten it. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so the. I guess the advantages of the gyro bus, like we mentioned, it's quiet and doesn't produce pollution because it's electric. Um, it doesn't have rails like a regular trolley, so you can change the route up. Um, and you also don't have those overhead lines. Um, and uh, it's a little bit more flexible than your typical trolley bus. Um, but then, of course, it's a lot heavier. Uh, the flywheel can be up to three tons. Uh, that's metric tons, um, oh, and on. it's turning at three thousand. Yeah, hold on. That is... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> can we can we do the math <laughs> on that real quick? Um, metric tons are like twenty two hundred pounds or something, right? Yeah, so that's um, about three and a third, uh, uh, whatever American tons. So okay. sixty six hundred pounds. Yeah. How many shit tons is that? <laughs> it's at a least one. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like um, a spinning car. Actually, that's like a spinning. <laughs> that's like a spinning Dodge car specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got an entire truck in the middle of your bus spinning oh. around at three thousand RPM. So wait, where? Yeah, where, that's incredibly fast. Where does this for uh, that amount of weight? Where does this flywheel sit? It's it's right in the middle of the of the the bus. Okay, all right. So it and it's it's about as wide as the bus is. Okay, um, so there's got to be like a front section and a back section. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at the Wikipedia page for it, like it's there's a little place where you can you can walk over it. Um, so it's like it's set into the floor, but then there's a big sort of doghouse in the middle with all the mechanical stuff with the motor uh, motor generator, or whatever mm -hmm. it is uh, that, that takes up some of the passenger space. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. Um, and then, so since it's going at uh, 3000 RPM and it's as wide as the bus uh, at the edges, it's going 560 miles an hour. Uh, nice. So, you got to have like some pretty good shock mounts and bearings and stuff or else like, you know, if something goes wrong, this, this thing's going to, you know, run into the, the housing and, and cause some real havoc. Um, and then that was so one of the main reasons why they stopped using these is because it wasn't reliable enough. The bearings kept failing or, um, mm -hmm. You know, it would rattle itself apart just just driving really on roads. Something that weighs seven thousand pounds and is spinning at three thousand RPMs wears out bearings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you're like driving on roads with potholes and stuff. You know, frankly, I'm surprised. <laughs> um, another problem is you get gyroscopic effects. So, uh, you know, a spinning gyroscope resists changes in orientation. Uh, that's like. I don't know, some spaceships instead of, or satellites, instead of having the little rockets to orient themselves, they have gyroscopes that they, they can uh, twist around to, to change the orientation of the spaceship hmm. or satellite. 
Um, but with a bus, uh, since it's fixed to the frame, basically, um, it resists rotation. So like, um, it makes it a little bit hard to turn, um, <laughs> at least in one direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. And some of them had, uh, coaxial contra rotating flywheels. So you've got one sitting above the other that's spinning in the opposite direction. And that can't cancels out the gyroscopic effect. Yeah. That feels like a, but yeah, good way to do it. It's a little bit more complex. It sounds way. like a bus that's trying to throw itself over. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now I don't know if, if uh, the article or the uh, Wikipedia page mentions this at all, but I could see a problem with like how, how long this thing can run um, without before needing a charge. And, and I don't know if it causes them to all be on time all the time, or like if one screws up, you could be in real trouble because then the next one can't charge. And it's only got yeah. <laughs> a very small window in which it can do that. So like if everything's smooth, this could be the like most on time public transportation out there. But I feel like it could really if you don't have it set up just right, you could find yourself in trouble pretty quick. Yeah. And, you know, I guess if you run out of, out of charge, like right before the stop, it's like, all right, get everyone get out and push, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but like, these were like 11 ton or 12, 12 American ton, uh, vehicles, uh, but they could carry up to 90 passengers. So, you know, if 90, Got a, wow. yeah, they're they're pretty good sized ones. Uh, some of them looks like okay. That's impressive. Um, yeah, and I guess they weren't all that efficient. Um, would you know they would they would suck down a, a good chunk of uh, energy. It says three point four kilowatt hours per kilometer, which I'm not really sure what that translates to. Um, but they ended up replacing with just regular diesel buses because it was too much hassle um you know replacing all these bearings all the time and stuff yeah it it, pro- it does sound like it was probably using kind of a lot of power um too which you know that that can quickly defeat the whole not putting emissions out it's like well if it generates enough power that your gener the power generation puts out more emissions than like diesel you might have a little bit of a problem which I don't know if yeah. that's exactly... I mean, at that point, then you have to consider where the electricity is being generated from. If it's like wind or solar, then yeah. you know it's kind of free. But if it's coming from a coal power plant, then yeah, valid criticism. Which, I mean, back at this time, it was almost certainly, you know, mostly coal plants, I would think. It could have been nuclear. Or, or maybe even... Yeah, I mean, this was, this was the 50s in Switzerland and... Uh, and Belgium and, and also the Congo. So maybe in Switzerland they had um, hydroelectric power probably, okay. uh, but not so much in Belgium or Congo. I don't know. But, um, and, and I just remembered there was someone that did something similar with a bicycle a while ago. I'll see if I can find the video for that. But he basically took a flywheel out of a car and mounted it in the middle of the frame with some bearings. Uh-huh. And then had, um, I want to say the company's called New Vinci that makes these um, uh, CVT bicycle transmissions, uh, sort of like um, 
I, I'm not sure what mechanism they use, but it's supposed to be infinitely variable, so you can change the gear ratio. And and he had it set up in such a way that um, you could kind of use it as a, a battery, but it was all mechanical with this transmission. So you could be uh, you know pedaling at such and such speed, and it would spin up the the flywheel, um, and then you could use it as a stored energy to pull away from a stop also. Oh, that's cool. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a... It's interesting. Yeah, maybe there's some some usefulness. overcomplicating the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, like, you know, if, if you have trouble pulling away from a stop with a bicycle, like, I don't know, maybe just, I don't know, get a Exercise motorcycle or more. something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd like... Get to a see, lower gear. I'd like to see this in action. I, I, I'd like to see what this could do. That seems interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think most of the there's some people doing uh exploring stationary flywheels for power storage. Um, I'm sorry, what is a stationary seems, flywheel? That seems I mean it's not it's not on a vehicle, it's just sitting on the ground oh, but it's okay, spinning. Okay. <laughs> I was about to be like, well yeah. stationary is not really being used <laughs> as a flywheel. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, got I don't it. know. Maybe there's a better way to phrase that. I don't know. Um, but it, I mean, it makes sense for stationary power storage yeah, sure. um, instead of, you know, big piles of lithium batteries or whatever. A uh, lot cheaper. But uh, yeah, that's all I have on that. Okay. Well, I mean, interesting. Um, and perhaps, you know, who, who knows what will happen? I don't know what the future will look like because... Uh, I think we sometimes like live in just a, a parody universe. Um, I feel like, <laughs> you know, lithium ion batteries have, have their real environmental problems. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll go back to like flywheels to some extent. Like I'm sure it'll look better than it did in the fifties, but you know, who knows? Flywheels could be, have something to, could have something to offer. I don't know. I'm not putting my money on it. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't bet money on it. But who knows? Or, or maybe we'll go back to wood gasifiers, like, uh, like in World War II in in Northern Europe. <laughs> that that could be another episode, maybe. Wait, what is this? Oh, uh, it was um it, in World War II when there was like fuel shortages, um, especially for buses, they would they had this thing called a wood gasifier where um, you fill up this big barrel full of wood, uh, like wood chips or whatever, and then you start a small fire in it, and it um, produces um, like smoke, basically, uh, from smoldering. And then you filter that smoke through, uh, I don't know, some kind of filter um, to get the tar and particles out. And then you ba you're basically left with like hydrogen and carbon monoxide and a few other flammable gases. And you can burn that in an internal combustion engine. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And so, like, they did this in World War II. Um, that just feels like, hey, what, what's your car powered by? Brisket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yeah. Um, I think they might use this in North Korea still when there's fuel shortages. Um, and then a, a bunch of, like, American hippies have done this, too, with their, their cars. Because uh, it's huh, you know I mean, it's certainly interesting green or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's probably better ways of doing that, but uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool, you yeah, know. It is 
sort of off-grid way of doing driving a car. I feel like we need to, we really need to use our social media accounts to get into like sovereign citizen communities and like push this kind of shit. Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> this would be very sovereign citizen. Oh yeah, no, the survivalist sort of off-grid <laughs> weirdos are are all about this kind of stuff. So I've seen yeah. plenty of that. You know, there's plenty of crossover between environmentalist hippies and weird prepper types. So sovereign citizens literally... are just that's just racist anarchism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I saw a post the other day of some girl who was like, Hey, the commies can't get us if we all move to a farm together. Well, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, start a commune to own the communists. That's fucking great. I'm for it. Yeah, I'm about it. Except the problem is that's just going to be that's just going to be racist communism. Yeah, it's going to be a, right. that's going to be that's going to turn into uh, you know a compound. Yeah, yeah, that'll go from a commune to a compound real quick. <laughs> well, now we know. The- formula for a compound it's it's one part communism one part racism <laughs> i did the worst compound there is i did hear something about um nazis trying to uh make some sort of compound uh in the up of michigan um i forget where it's but like it's the whole reasoning was they're like, well, it's already very white in here. And like, we could all just like go to the same place and be Nazis together. And I was like, oh, Jesus, these fucking people. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to do that in Idaho or some, I feel somewhere like they in the succeeded Northwest. In, they succeeded in Idaho as far as yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Idaho is that is one big Nazi compound. Dude, Pretty much. Peninsula, Michigan is uh, bear in mind i'm from the south i grew up five minutes from alabama upper peninsula in michigan is the most white trash like redneck fucking place i've ever been in my life yeah i I, um, I met UP someone from once. the up once sorry i was just gonna say I, sorry I've go only, ahead i've only been to the up once and it was to visit um a, a friend of mine uh at his college um because he went to college up there and we I, we visited in like, God, I don't remember. It was, I think it was fall or spring or something where, you know, in Chicago. But uh, up there, it was just like, it, it was like snowstorms and it was, you know, however many degrees below zero. And I hated it. And I was like, this place fucking sucks. <laughs> it was way too cold. Yeah. Yeah. Those people only get like six days of summer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. I was... And it's all full of mosquitoes, probably. <laughs> the furthest, the closest I've been is uh, Mackinac Island, but um, that's close enough. Yeah. Um, I just I did... remember being on a highway and there were people just riding their four wheelers down the highway. <laughs> nice. I'm like, granted, that's awesome, but you know. A, a, probably like a typically redneck thing to do. Like if that was just normal behavior, then you know. Yeah, rednecks are kind of universal to geography. You know, it's they're they're all over. Oh yeah, no, I know. But um, uh, there's this one guy that my dad used to work with from the UP, and he said that growing up, I think in the 70s or 80s, 
they once uh, drove 400 miles just to go to McDonald's. Whoa. Because uh, that was the their idea of a, a cool big city thing to do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Boy, how yeah. times have changed. Yeah. And he said, you know, he'd, he'd buy like, uh, you know, 20 hamburgers and put them in a cooler and, and save them for home. They weren't good when you bought them. They're not <laughs> good when you get home. <laughs> yeah. Different oh, I just, saw, I just saw on the Wikipedia page, there's something I missed. There was, um, in 2005, there was someone uh, developing a gyro bus in Germany, in Dresden. Um, but it, it used a combination of a flywheel and a fuel cell, hydrogen fuel cell, to uh, power it. So uh, it looks hmm. like the flywheel was only for regenerative braking, basically. And the uh, fuel cell was the main source. Hmm. So... That's pretty clever. At that point, I yeah, I start to wonder why you don't just use like actually modern technologies that seem to work fine. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, good question. I, I I would say I'm sure there's some sort of reason, except that's rarely the case. I mean, possibly it doesn't say. It could have been that that um, mechanical system with the CVT that I was talking about, but like I said, it doesn't say. Um, and I want to say. I might be wrong on this, but I think there was a concept that Porsche had, I don't know, maybe five years ago or something that, that had a, um, a flywheel in the, uh, like passenger seat footwell, um, that would, uh, at, it was part of like a hybrid system. That was their energy storage, uh, setup, but I might be so wrong if, on that. I'll have to find If you wanted direction. to go, if you wanted to go faster, you could just have your, uh, passenger Flintstone it. <laughs> Like, come on, buddy! I need a boost. <laughs> yeah. Kick that shit! Come on, let's go! Yeah, I mean, if they if they can kick it at like three thousand RPM, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just need to attach pedals to it, like it's a bike, and then you'll have your passenger over there yeah. just pedaling your your little your little energy boost flywheel. I think it could work. I think it's a great design. Well, go, get on it, Zach, and let us know how it works out. Uh, I will do that. <laughs> That's an idea. You know, that makes me think. You could have, you could have like a pedal powered supercharger for your car too. So to, you know, just boost it by uh, pedaling. I, I think this is a good idea. I think we should pursue this. I'm for it. I'll drive you pedal. Okay. <laughs> just we'll, like more we'll boost, do pedal, all the work. pedal faster. <laughs> we'll do all the work. We'll make it a real thing. And then, yep, you get to drive. Well, we'll pedal the supercharger. Well, I mean, the big hey, criticism of superchargers is the parasitic loss. So if you eliminate that. Yeah. There you go. If it's in the uh, the interest of going faster, I will do a lot of work. Yeah, me too. If it's, if it's in the interest <laughs> of going faster, I'll do a lot of work, spend a lot of money, and somehow end up going slower. <laughs> <laughs> Feels accurate. Yeah, that's literally like the the car nerd's curse right there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else before I uh, stop recording here? I've said what I need to say. I was just going to, yeah. Actually, no, no, there is one more thing I need to add before the end of this. Uh, Fuck Lexus. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> I just hate them so much. All profit is value extraction, and that means that all profit is theft from you. To Jay-Z and no shit. How then does the capitalist make profit and end up with more value than they started with? Well, the way they do that is by paying workers just enough so that they are able to buy the things they need to survive and go to work each day, but by getting them to produce more value than what they are being paid for. The extra value that workers produce is called surplus value, and capitalists make profit by taking that surplus value for themselves. Granny shifting, not double punching like you should. You're lucky that hundred shot of Nas did blow the welds on the intake. And when the boss decides to fire you, there's no due process. Like a feudal lord, he can fire and punish workers at will. In practice, American workplaces are like private governments, where the freedoms we associate with democracy don't exist. When we clock in, we, we become subjects, not citizens. What are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. <laughs>